Well, good morning. Good morning. You know I have to make you do it again. My name is Paul Brandis, and I have the deep honor and privilege of serving here at Sterling College as the campus chaplain. And it is my really overwhelming, to be honest, overwhelming joy to welcome you to today's Freeman Lecture. Whether you're joining us here in person in the newly renovated Gleason Gymnasium or are engaging with us on the live stream, thank you for being with us, whichever mode you're gathering today. Would you please bow your heads and join me in a word of prayer as I open our time together? Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity to gather, and we pray we, we have planned to do so safely, Lord, and we ask for your protection and provision in that way. In fact, I've been reflecting that it's been almost a year since we've invited our whole community to gather together um, last February, and it has been a challenging 12 months, and it continues to be a challenging time, but we anchor ourselves in the hope uh, that you provide. Um, and we have selected Lamentations 3, which talks about your steadfast love and ever-renewing mercies, uh, this truth that even in the midst of still chaotic times, you are still in control, and you are still good, God. And your goodness is made evidence to us in so many ways, one of which is today, right here and right now, the ability to gather uh, for an important conversation about vital topics that we know are near and dear to your heart. So thank you uh, for this time together, and may it bless you as it blesses us. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ and all of God's people said together, amen. Well, today's lecture would not be possible without the incredible generosity of Ross and Fern Freeman, and I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that and to thank them. Now, Ross and Fern are joining us this morning by live stream, but could we still give them a huge warrior thank you? Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much, Ross and Fern. We hope uh, that there's not too much buffering on your end. <laughs> Well, the Freeman Lecture Series was launched in 2013 on the idea that true servant leadership, like what we observe so beautifully in the person of Jesus, has an incredible ability to impact individuals, communities, and indeed, Ross and Fern, and we here at Sterling College believe, impact literally even the entire world. And I can say with confidence today that our speaker embodies Christ-centered leadership. And I am so excited to introduce my close personal friend, always close personal friend, but really always, but it is with Nikki, my close personal friend Nikki Lerner to you this morning. Nikki is an artist, a speaker, an author, and a culture coach with over 20 plus years of practical ministry experience. She seeks to help others engage with one another across culture lines and is passionate about seeing people come to an understanding of those different from themselves through music, learning, and deep and rich conversations, many of which we've had already in your time here in the last couple of days. Prior to going full-time as a speaker and performer, Nikki served for 17 years as worship director at Bridgeway Community Church in Maryland, uh, building an excellent and diverse worship ministry there. She serves on the leadership team of, multi of the Multicultural Worship Leaders Network and has released three solo CD projects. Biblically, Nikki grounds her cultural diversity work in the hope of Revelation 7, all tribes, nations, and tongues worshiping the Lamb, who is Jesus, as the unified people of God. 
Well, Nikki and I have been working closely together, uh, not just for a day or two, but, but literally for 18 months to bring her here to Sterling College. And it is so exciting for the day to finally be realized, to be actualized, to be here. And before I invite Nikki to share with us this morning, I do believe it's important that we remind ourselves that we care deeply about these topics of race and cultural diversity fundamentally because God cares about them. These topics are close to his heart. Indeed, today's Freeman Lecture is also doubling as the seventh annual Peacemakers Convocation, a lecture that we have hosted annually in February to have an anchor point in our community to lean into these important conversations. And no, Porsche, before you ask, you don't get four chapel credits because of that, okay? I know you were thinking it, man. <laughs> no, there's not four, but there is two. So that's enough for me. Can we please give Nikki a rousing warrior family welcome? Thank you, Nikki Lerner. Hey, thanks. Hi, everybody. How are you all in the back, back there? Just let to see you. Hi, thanks for coming today. My name is Nikki, and I'm really glad that we get to be together. Um, gosh, you, you know, whenever, whenever somebody reads a bio that you send them, it makes you sound really busy. I'm like, wow, I got a lot going on. Um, but uh, I'm really glad to be here with y'all. Uh, before I do anything, I just want to give just a huge acknowledgement and shout out to the women's basketball team. Way to go. <laughs> well done, congratulations to you. Uh, really hard work. Uh, got a chance to meet a couple of people yesterday as we were just walking around and I don't know, is Emily here? Did I meet Emily? Is she here somewhere? Oh, hey, Emily. <laughs> saw Emily. I saw Emily light up uh, Paul on the court. Um, it was really great. <laughs> it's my favorite thing so far uh, since I've been here. So, uh, but I'll spare you those details. So it's, uh, it's February, and usually in February in the United States, we're thinking about history and culture. Um, hopefully, at some point, it'll go beyond just February, but we'll take what we can get for right now uh, and take February. So since I'm thinking about uh, things from my own cultural heritage, maybe you are too, um, I figured I'd sing for you this morning. Is that all right? I know some of you are like, I don't know. Are you any good? <laughs> Ask me afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> But I'm gonna sing for you. I'm gonna sing uh, a song that is connected to my heritage. Um, and I'm just gonna sing for you. I'll, start, I'll stop explaining it away. How about that? Um, and I'll just sing. And that's how we'll start this morning. And then we'll get into some stuff. All right? So the song goes like this Why should I feel discouraged? Should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and home? is my portion, a constant friend is here. 
is on the sparrow and I know that he watches over me And I sing because I'm happy. And I sing because I'm free. His that he watches me and I sing because I'm happy and I sing because I Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for listening and not booing. Uh, that's great. <laughs> it's a good day to be alive. Do you believe that? I was like six people in the room. All right. Don't lie, but <laughs> it's a good day to be alive. Any day that we're living and breathing, it's a good day to be alive. It's a good day to be alive because it is crazy out here, y'all. Have y'all seen the world? It's crazy out here, and yet it is still a good day to be alive, isn't it? We can't have conversations about race or culture or ethnicity. It's a good day to be alive, isn't it? It's great. Middle of pandemic, awesome. <laughs> Just what you hope for, right, for your life. But it's a good day to be alive. There's so much opportunity available to us right now. And for those of you that have any sort of excitement about your life, any kind of vision for your life, I would venture to say that this is exactly what you and I need in order to make a difference in the world. Do you believe that? That's a good day to lie, that the world needs the way that you see the world. The world needs the way that, that you view the world. The, the world needs to hear your lived experience in the world, no matter who wants to shut you up about it. It needs it. We need you. It's a good day to be alive. 
Anytime we're living and breathing and moving, it's a good day to be alive. You have everything that you need today to do what you believe that you've been called to do on the planet. Do you believe that? Anybody believe that? That you have everything that you need today. I can't speak for six months from now, but today, you and I have everything that we need in order to do what we've been asked to do. For those of us that are people of faith, if you're in the room and you're people of faith, God says that he's given us every gift we could ever need to do what he's asked us to do. And we have it now. Like, we don't have to wait until we die, right? We don't have to wait until we die to say, oh, well, you know, we're going to heaven anyway, so we'll just wait until we get there, and then everything will be great. Oh, there's too much life to be lived for us to sit around and wait for somebody to give it to us. You know, when, when, uh, when things started happening with the pandemic, I remember there was this phrase that kept going around, which was, oh, you know, there's going to be a new normal. There's going to be a new normal. Was anybody else, like, totally ticked off by that but me? I, I was just like, uh-uh, no, no. Because, like, the, the very idea of that was what people want to do is sit around and wait for somebody else to give them the version of the world that they want. Anybody else feel like that during that? I was like, new normal, uh-uh. The new normal is something that we need to create. We need to create the new normal, not wait for a new normal, whatever that is, to be handed to us in this generation. Don't allow somebody to hand it over to you and say, this is the way that life is supposed to be. We need to create it. Because if we have everything that we need right now to do what we're supposed to do on the planet, it means that we can take a step today to create our new normal. What do we want the world to be like? What do we want the country to be like? What do we want the school to be like? Let's create it. Let's not wait for somebody else to hand it over to us. It's a good day to be alive. As I said earlier, you know, it's February. <laughs> I see you. Uh, it's February, and uh, that usually means uh, Black History Month. Happy February. And uh, it made me think about how I hate going to museums, particularly museums that center around my heritage and my come from being black American. Now, I don't know about anybody else, when I out myself here, I hate it because usually what happens is when I go to museums, um, there's two stories that are told, and this is about as far as it goes, that my people were slaves and other people's people, other people's people, <laughs> that's great, we're slave owners, and that's about our history. Anybody else experience that at the museum during February? Like, great, tell me that story again. That's all we ever, we ever are. Do you ever feel like that? This is our history. And so I hate going to museums. I hate going to heritage museums when it talks about particularly people from my come from. A few years ago, um, I lived near DC. And a few years ago, they opened up the uh, Museum of History African-American history and culture, let me tell you, if you all ever get a chance to go there, it is fantastic. It is fantastic. I'll never forget uh, walking into that museum. There's like four floors. You can spend six hours there, something like that. It's amazing. Walked in, and when I walked in, one of, one of the first things that I saw was the role of all people in moving forward 
this vision of a more diverse world, a more diverse country. It was more than just slaves and slave owners. Because let's be, let's be honest. I mean, I don't know about y'all. Maybe it's just me. But it can be really hard if that's all you're ever told to find a space of energy to step into something new, to step into creating something new, isn't it? When you're coming from that energy of like, oh, dang. And equally, if you're on the other side and all you know is that you're people used to own other people. Like, that doesn't help you step into anything. But here's the thing. Just like how we talk about race and ethnicity in a country, we talk about it very binary. It's either this or it's that. It's this people group or it's that people group. And what happens is we totally miss everything in the middle. And when I went to this museum, I felt like I was told the rest of the story. There were so many stories, y'all, about people who you know, that have come before us, all of our ancestors that said, no, not in this generation and not on my watch. I'm gonna use everything that I have inside of me, everything that is available to me to make change right now, given what I have. There were people from all different parts of the world and all different cultures, all different ethnicities who were working towards change in our ancestral history. It was more than just slaves and slave owners. There were people that were working hard. There were people that were focused. There were people that were working together in our ancestral lines. And we need to remember that, particularly right now in this generation. We need to remember that there are people that have gone before us, that have laid the groundwork. The things that we are doing in the world, in this school, we are continuing the work of people that have gone before us people that were strong, people that were focused, people that were powerful, people that were resilient. We are continuing that line. Moving a little closer, as you move up in this museum, you think about, um, you move into the part where, there's, where they're talking about the civil rights movement. And here's the thing I think that we, we miss oftentimes in the civil rights movement, that the civil rights movement was a multicultural group of people. Do you know that? There were so many different people from so many different people groups that made up that movement. And sometimes in the way that we talk about ethnicity as it relates to culture in this country is that we, again, we start to think about it binary. We think it's this or that, or it's that people group or that people group. And what we need to remember as we are walking forward and changing into the new normal that this is gonna require a multicultural movement of people. No one people group, at least in the United States, can create the new normal, can change what we wanna change by ourselves. We need to do it together. I loved this museum that I was at so much because it told of our collective ancestry. And those are the stories that we need to be telling, the stories of our collective ancestry, about people who moved forward in faith, about people that stepped into the moment, given everything that they had right in front of them, using it to its fullest right now. We need to create the new normal and not allow it to be handed to us, because I don't know about you, but how we've been doing it is not working. 
I don't want to continue this way. Do you? And maybe some of you do. If you do, don't, don't answer. <laughs> Man, some of you are like, I'm good. Yep, this is great. <laughs> but we need to create something new. So think about today. Who has gone before you? Who has gone before you? Who has laid the groundwork before you? so that you can now pick up your tools, pick up your gifts right where you are and continue the good work. That is what we need right now, the continuance of the good work. It's hard, it's tiring, it's frustrating, it's confusing, it's all of those things. And yet, we need to keep remembering that there are people that have went before us most, so many people that had it so much worse than we did and still was able to see a vision for the future and move forward. Our collective ancestry was only able to move forward because they had a sense of vision and a sense of faith. There's this really great scripture in the Bible in the, in the in Hebrews chapter 11, and it says this. It talks about faith. You may have heard this before. And it says this about faith. And if faith trips you up, substitute vision, mission. All right? This is what it says. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. I'm going to read that again. This is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. And it gives us assurance about the things that we cannot see. That is how our collective ancestry that moved things forward were able to do anything at all because they had to start with faith. They had to start with the vision for what could be. You have to start with the vision of, of what could be, as well as when you're looking back to see what other people have done. I mean, I'm sure that the women's basketball team had faith and vision to win that championship. Didn't you? Yeah, you had to create something, right? You had to see it. Didn't you have to see it? You had to see it. You had to believe You had to believe, even though you didn't see it, right, that there was faith that you all could accomplish that goal, right? And there were probably times where you weren't, you weren't sure that you were going to make it. You had to play through injury. You have to play through doubt. You have to play through all that internal stuff that you're unsure of yourself sometimes, even though you tell people, yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're giving it 125%. You know, <laughs> but you got to keep pushing through, Right? But you got to see it first. What do you see? What do you see? What is the new normal that you see that you want to be a part in pushing through? Now, I was sharing with somebody else that, um, you know, Rosa Parks didn't know that she was Rosa Parks when she was being Rosa Parks. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure that Rosa Parks, when she got on that bus back in the day, 
When Rosa Parks got on that bus, I'm sure Rosa Parks didn't jump on the bus and say, you know what, I will now be remembered in history. I'm going to step on the bus and take this seat from this white gentleman. And now people will call me blessed. Like, I, if she did, that would be really bad. But <laughs> it makes me giggle a little bit thinking that she might. But I'm sure she didn't do that. I'm sure Rosa Parks didn't step into that moment, that scary moment where she had to do such a small thing. I mean, doesn't seem like it's such a small thing about what somebody like, like her did. And in the moment, she didn't even know if it was going to work. See, sometimes, I don't know about y'all, but I know in my life, sometimes we don't want to step into things because we don't know if it's going to work. I told your faculty yesterday as we got together, I said, you know, we're not willing to be awful. You got to be awful before you're awesome. You got to step in and do the little things. Be faithful with the little things before you get to the big things. And there's not always a guarantee in any of this work, potentially, particularly in culture work, when we're trying to make things better, period, in our livelihood, there is no guarantee that any small thing we do is even going to work. It's a good day to be alive. It may not work. Nobody may remember your name. But are you still willing to do what's necessary to make the world better, to give your gifts, to be who you are, no matter what other people say? When people question your own lived experience in this country, can you still find the energy? Can you still find the vision? Can you still find the faith to keep pressing through? We come from a powerful line of ancestors. I know for me, um, when I get tired in this work of trying to stay engaged cross-culturally, trying to teach and coach, that's my work, all right, to teach and to coach and to help other people understand what the heck is going on in the country when something awful happens. I remember when George Floyd was murdered. My work is to step in and help people that have never thought about cultural issues uh, and justice issues to help them understand what is going on in the world. That's my work. That is the work that God's asked me to do, right? But in the, in the moments when we are tired and frustrated and want to give up, I want to challenge you to think about the people that have come before you. Think about our collective ancestry that has come before us that did not give up, that was not tired. I guarantee you, you're not as tired as they were. <laughs> I have to remind myself that too. I am not as tired as some of my ancestors were. I am not experiencing some of the things that my ancestors were and your ancestors were. We just don't. It's different. It's not the same, right? It's different. It has its own level to it. But when you're tired, can you find another way to press in? Because if you don't have vision and you don't have faith, to create your own new normal and not let it be handed to you, you will give up, and so will I. When uh, Paul and I were connecting about me coming, uh, we were having lunch the other day, and I said, you know, why do people come to Sterling College? Like, what's it known for? What, what is Sterling College known for? Do y'all know? Does anybody know? 
It's not a rhetorical question, by the way. <laughs> What's it known for? You can talk back to me. It's okay. Okay, sports. Somebody said biblical learning. What else? What is it known for? Servant leadership, okay. What else? What's it, what else is it known for? Ooh, this is important, y'all. We got to know what, is, what, what this school is known for. Well, relationships, that's good. Well, why did you come? Anybody willing to share? Why'd you, why did you come to Sterling College? Money. <laughs> Thank you for being honest. <laughs> It's like, well, this is where the money was for me to come to school. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> yes. All right, good. What else? Why'd you come here? The professors. That should make y'all very excited. <laughs> good, the professors. What else? Why did you come here? What for? Say again? No, I'm serious. Why did you come here? <laughs> okay. What else? Why'd you come here? How many of y'all came here for sports? Okay, good. Nobody's got nothing to say. Nobody got nothing to say. <laughs> all right, good. So sports. How many of you all came for creative arts, like music, art, yeah, that kind of thing? Raise your hand. Good. How many of you are still trying to figure out why you're here? Just thank you for your honesty. <laughs> That's okay. I pray that it comes soon. <laughs> all right. But check this out. So what I was told was that Sterling College is known for sports and for creative arts. That's why people come here. Sports and creative arts are catalysts for culture change. Do you know this? Sports and creative arts, catalysts for change, no matter where. You have everything you need right now in order to create the new normal. You all have been given the gift of athletics and sports and creative communication, song. I mean, think about this right now. If we're involved in these kinds of activities, we can communicate in our culture right now in a way that just mere words may not even land, it may not even go, right? You just doing what you do as an athlete, you just doing what you do as a creative person, speaks so loudly and starts to create change. Think about the people that have gone before you. Think about the athletes that are going before you right now. Look at all the things that they are doing to create a new normal, to create a new conversation. You, are need, you need to step into that right now. Because these are the positions you are going to be taking. And if we don't decide now who we will be and who we are becoming, we will end up being the generation that was handed a new normal. You have everything you need today, no matter what your role, no matter where you are, to step into the hard things. What if you were, what, what if all of us in this room just decided to step into hard conversations about culture, step into hard spaces about conversations about race and justice and the kind of world that we were? If we want to step into it instead of running away from it. If those of you in the room that are scared to death 
to have cultural conversations. Usually if you're white American in the room, this is usually your burden. And I'm just gonna acknowledge it. Because a lot of you, depending on where you are, you may be afraid even to start to engage in some of these conversations because you're afraid to say the wrong thing. Let me help you. You're gonna say the wrong thing. You're welcome. <laughs> it's a good day to be alive. <laughs> you're going to say the wrong thing and you can handle it. If a friend of yours says, oh no, no, don't say that, don't say that, don't, don't ever say that again. <laughs> say this instead, right? You can handle that, you're not gonna die. You'll be fine. Stay in there, don't run away from it. Don't lead towards perfectionism. Lean towards action, lean towards that vision, lean towards that faith, that stuff, that, that vision that you're like, I don't know if it's gonna happen, but I, I'm sure that this is what I'm stepping into, exactly what that scripture said. What if those of you in the room that are tired of having this conversation, tired of sharing your story, tired of telling people how to do it again, and you know they're not gonna listen, what if one more time you decided to step in again, remembering who came before you? Remembering who came before you, they stepped into this space. Let's create a new normal. So I wanna encourage you today that everything that we want to see in the world, the new normal, we gotta create it. We gotta create it. And there's no reason for us to be slow about it. There's no reason for us to say, well, let me pray and fast about it for 40 days. Uh-uh. Don't hide behind prayer and fasting, please. Eat the hamburger, pray for something else. Because I guarantee you, God is saying yes. As Paul said before, this new normal we want to create around culture as it relates to ethnicity, class, anything that divides us, anything that separates us, you can guarantee it. And those of you that are people of faith, you can look this up in scripture. It's everywhere. That unity, not sameness, very important to know, that unity amongst God's people is exactly on his heart. You don't have to pray about it. God's already said, yes, do it. Do it today. Don't wait. Figure out what your vision for your life is. Figure out who, who is the person that you want to be, not just the person that you are, and step into it because we need you. We need all of you to create the new normal, the next normal, even if it's just 30 days from now. Step into your calling. Step into who you're supposed to be. Use every gift that you have. Use your athletic ability. Use your, create, your creativity. Use what you produce. Use every platform you have. Use every social media platform you have to create something better and beautiful. And you be the catalyst. Because you never know. 15, 20 years from now, they may be writing stories about some group of people from Sterling College that stepped into something. And next thing you know, they're telling stories about y'all in this room who created the new normal. I'm really glad to be with you. And if you hear anything today, I want you to know that we need you. 
We need your stories. We need your thoughts. We need your vision. We need you, every single bit of it. And I want to tell you, if you do anything today, resist. Resist the voices that would try to shut you up. <laughs> resist the voices that would try to quiet you down of sharing who you are, the fullness of who you are, to make the world better. Please, I beg you, we need you to step in to the person that you are becoming. Make a decision about vision and faith and create the new normal. It's a good day to be alive. Thanks for listening, everybody. Glad to be with you. Well, I do want to thank Nikki for making the trip down here from probably a warm and balmy Baltimore to a warm and balmy Sterling, Kansas. For those of you watching on live stream, to, to, to Ross and Fern, again, thank you. And to everybody that's in this room that, uh, that came out today, Sterling College has indeed made a new friend. And uh, we are hoping and praying that this friendship is not short-lived, but it's one that we can carry with us into the future as we dive into conversation. And I was refreshed to to learn once again today that how grateful I am to be living in a, in a diverse world. How grateful I am to be here. Because in the middle of all of the diversity that we have in this world, we have one gospel. And so for those of us that follow Jesus Christ, that trust in him for our eternal future, we do indeed have a story to tell because we have one gospel that we can proclaim. Servant leadership, as you know, is something that is important to us. We talk about it, all of you hear about it, but hopefully for Nikki, it's something that she just didn't hear about today, but it's something that she's experienced. Because we don't want to be a Sterling College that's known for servant leadership that we just talk about it. We want to be known as an institution that holds servant leadership so high that it's lived out in every faculty and every staff on the court, in the classroom, in the lab, on the field, by all of you. And so we hope that you've experienced that the last couple of days. We do have a statue on campus. It's the Divine Servant statue. It's out in front of Cooper Hall. And we're not going to give you that one. It's a little too big to take home. But, Nikki, if you would come up real quick. Paul, you want to help us with this real quick? I'm going to have Paul grab that. We do have a replica that we would love to present to you. And it's our hope and our prayer that as you take this home, and you can take this one, or we have one packaged up to ship to you so you don't have to take it back on the plane. That every time you see this replica, this statue, you're reminded of Sterling College and who we are and know that we're praying for you and we hope and pray that you would pray for us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Once again.